back to the CM Discs uh, Music and General Banter Podcast. Thank you. And I'm Andy. Uh, find us on social media. On Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, also the website. The website is rerecordings.wordpress.com. Um, if you like the podcast or anything else to do, like, subscribe. Uh, Leave a review there for the podcast, help we, us greatly. We review on Facebook, we review on Apple Podcasts, they all help very much so. Yes, thank you, if you already have done so, much appreciated. Um, Anthony, the last day, but fun the last day. We were discussing the history of the blues. The blues. Uh, we broke that in two, didn't we? We did. We did. We did. It's quite a long uh, blast of stuff, really. All over the place. Uh, and technical difficulties halfway through. That's also correct as well. Uh, <laughs> you weren't supposed to say, but <laughs> to get now. Uh, yes, uh, the blues was it was interesting. The early part of the history was very interesting. Early part, early history in music is always very interesting. It's uh, because it, it doesn't really know what it wants to do. And it just jumps about. It's like it, when when it finds what it wants to do, and just stays not one road. At least you're quite n- not boring, but uh, less interesting. But what is it? What is it to say is uh, there's actually no original music anymore because the twelve note mm. keys or yes. structure has been exhausted to the extreme. Yeah, make up some new notes. <laughs> Like yeah. uh, Egyptian music, quarter notes and stuff, Aye. all class. Or like a wee hitch or something, you know, <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and a wee sneaky hitch in there, you know. Well, you can blame Pythagoras for the 12-note system. Oh. Is that, how, how do you figure that out? He invented the 12-note system in there. Did he? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Pythagoras? Yeah. Well, I thought he was just a mathematician. Oh, well, I suppose, well. It's maths and physics. Music, music. really is just maths and you know, counting numbers. Maz and then you include your physics with tension on strings and stuff. Ah, well, what, you know, that doesn't really... Well, if you're looking at frequencies and that, oh, well, I suppose you can count that. Uh. But in terms of just like, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you're talking... I don't know. Seems very strange. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's a nice factory, don't they? That's, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I've learned something, really. <laughs> And <laughs> I hope you have too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're flying those um, today. This was a, a strange one because we didn't really know what we wanted to do. We're, I were humming and hamming about things, and yes, we were having guests, and then we weren't having guests, and then yeah, but these things happen. So, so we thought we would just do an extra one in those, and uh, I'll tell you the story. Uh, I was over at Anthony's. We were playing darts or what? What we do? We were recording something then. We were recording playing, playing a slab of darts, and as we were, as I was sitting in the car, as you know, yarning as we do, as anybody does after a nice crack. Uh, Anthony says to me, "We're going to record this on Friday." I says, "Oh, is that right?" He says, "Aye." Or, and I says, "Tell him, uh, what are we going to do?" I don't know. He says, <laughs> and uh, I says, "Well." What I've done so far, listed to whatever done so far, and then we're still stuck. And he says, Well, what about interesting backstories? Well, he says, Oh, I could do that. And that, how long ago was that? Like a week and a half ago? It's a week and a half ago, and. I went to research last night. 
<laughs> and just the afternoon for myself. <laughs> so we're not underprepared, but we're maybe not as well prepared as we probably could be. There's going to be a lot of filler in this one. It's going to be a lot of stories, a lot of rats. Spinning yarns. Yeah. Oh. History and facts and... Various factoids and such. <laughs> but uh, yes, that's what we're doing. Uh, songs with some interesting or strange or funny backstories as to how the song was written or names of songs or stuff like that. Just to break, you know, history's fun and all, but requires a lot more work than, <laughs> than just looking at the song <laughs> saying, oh, just a good story. And everybody knows the back, most of the backstories for Fleetwood Max rumours anyway, so we thought... Rumours is, you know, when, when we discussed it, we just listened to three there and then, songs that and I listened to three and you thought to three, and then we were like, well... Just like the whole Rumours album, uh, the backstory to all them songs, all the carries-ons that uh, that happened in the, in the production. It's quite a time oh. to be alive at that, during oh, that was. production. When was that? That was that 1972? 70s, right now. What a time. 70s and 80s was class. I was talking to Jeremy Yehai Rocker, and uh, I mean, I was taking the tea yesterday. Okay, I just I put on some music on the phone and he says to me, Who's that? I've listened to I don't know. I tell him, I, he says to me, You know what, by you He says, See the music nowadays, it's it's pure rubbish. The music of the nineteen eighties was the best music there ever was, he says. I says, Jared, that's hundred percent correct. <laughs> but, it is it was class. But you know why modern music is as bad as it is? Go on ahead. Right. Well, the production is actually uh, prepare for a rant, children. No, no, no. The, produ- <laughs> the, the the modern production is actually unbelievable. You couldn't you couldn't dream of it, it in is, the eighties. It is, no, that's true. But it's one fella's idea of the perfect song structure, which was Doctor Whatever the boy that the boy that did all the key Kiza and all the M albums. Doctor yes. Luke Luke, there we go. Doctor Luke, okay. Who's now in Jail or something, I think. <laughs> Fair play to him. <laughs> For um, song to do with keys, anyway. Oh. He had he invented the modern day song structure. So yes. So that's why every song sounds the same because they're all stealing off the same structure. Aye, just all based on that. Mm-hmm. There you go. I read an interesting article on uh, why modern music was so bad. I also watched the video on it. Uh, I'd listed a whole pile of things, half of which I can't remember. But one of them was basically that they're all based on one thing. I couldn't remember names or nothing like that there. The other thing was uh, repetitiveness in songs, repeating the same lines over and over again. Go back to our big tea team talk there. Chair says, What are them Rihanna songs? Diamonds, I don't even know, Diamonds or something. Yeah. He says he just says the one line like four times. I said myself, oh, that's pretty it's pretty woeful. No imagination. Or umbrella Ella 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 Yes, that was another <laughs> thing. Repeating the little not even a full line, just like a wee bit over and over again was like a, a draw for people. Instead of putting a delay in there anyway, doing the delay. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and the likes of there, there's less um dynamics in music very much so it sort of just comes straight in does what it has to do and finishes if you look at the likes of 
Uh, and I've listened to a lot of Iron Maiden lately, so half the Iron Maiden songs they have nice build-ups mm-hmm. at the start. Get into an, a real class verses and choruses, and then big bridge. Maybe it gets way down low in the middle, builds way up again, or a class outro and all this guy. You know, they tell my songs, but people nowadays have no attention span apparently for yep. listening to tell my songs. So everything is like three minutes, straight in, catchy as hell at the start, middle and there in the middle, a good catchy chorus there to finish her, and then just dead, finished. You have to get to your chorus within. 25 seconds otherwise your song won't make it that's horrible so that's why there's no intros anymore why and also songs are actually getting shorter again they're actually averaging two and a half minutes now yes I read an article about that too in fact I, I can't remember said you that or you sent it to me I can't remember I, I, I heard it on a different podcast I definitely read it somewhere though I read them in the Daily Mail, actually, read them. Had a reliable source of information. So, and uh, you need a change of something. Something needs to change every 10 seconds. So, the Pharrell Williams effect. So, he changes mm. every 10 seconds. As soon as it gets to 10 seconds, it's bam, there's something new. <laughs> That's science ruined music, too. That rule. They're just people expressing themselves. It's just, you know, it's been for- formulated to make money. I don't think. I don't think you're allowed to express yourself as easily as you could have done in the 70s or no, 80s. No, that's true. Sure, you can't, you can't say boo to anybody no. nowadays. So what can you do? It's just the way the world is. So on that cheery note. On that cheery note. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, interesting backstory, Anthony. Um, the research for this, although not extensive, I did find quite a bit of stuff, uh, as, as you did as well. Mm. Um well, as I said, we look for backstories, we look for something interesting or, you know, funny or... Something nobody knows or... Yes. Yeah, I was looking for that kind of yes, side you of were. things. I left mine very late, so I was just looking for, like, good backstories. <laughs> oh, <fair enough>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it very difficult. Google, Google searches are, like, the worst thing. Not not for this kind of thing. They give you piles of absolute rubbish in the middle of it and... Uh, there was plenty of rubbish songs. A lot of songs on. I had never even heard of before. Yes. Which probably did have good backstories, but I couldn't bother listening to a new song. <laughs> and then having to memorise part <laughs> of the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then memorise the story. Get away with that. But, um, no, no, I found, I did find some good ones. Um, uh, as we mentioned, uh, Rumours album, uh, I did look up Dreams because it had an interesting story, as did most of them. Obviously written by Stevie Nicks, uh, who at the time, or just slightly before it, was uh, in a relationship with Lindsay Buckingham. But uh, at and the time... slightly after it, Mick Fleetwood. And, yeah, well... Side <laughs> 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 <Same> point, but... <laughs> but um, aye, they were sort of on, and then they were sort of off in the middle of recording that. And... Uh, while they were recording it, she actually wrote this song while they were recording the album. Um, uh, she, uh, they were in a relationship when they joined in 1973. Uh, at the time of writing, the two were sort of going through a split. She actually was like taking a break and just sort of wandered off into another studio, which I think there was a bed on it or something. This is the story I, I read. There was like a bed in the middle of it on the piano, 
she should like lay down the bed and like play the piano and come up with this song shoot it in 10 minutes which fair play to her it's a cracking song that's good going originally the rest of the band didn't like it said it was like too plain too boring it's only like three chords or something and they were like get away with that but uh, she got them roped around anyways the song is it's like a it's not like a pay like a get back at you song but it's, you know because they were going through their split there was a bit of animosity between them it was sort of it was sort of a payback song he he wrote go your own way which basically targeted her mm-hmm. go your own way away with you I doubt they say it. You can go your own <laughs> way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this was her thing back to... I wrote the line. What the hell did I read that? Players only love you when you're playing. That mm-hmm. was a target at him. Just a, a direct target at him. Players only love you when you're playing. So that was her... Oh, by cutting. Bad line and the whole thing. But... Uh, thought that was interesting. Uh, uh, the most interesting was that she wrote in 10 minutes for me. Very much so. Uh, and that nobody liked it. <laughs> Which you, I thought was you, good. You can... I can't even want to say this. Um, oh, aren't they? Being controversial as usual. You can you can understand why they wouldn't have liked it because Buckingham and Nicks, that was the name of the band, yes. um, they were writing this way out there's their pop folk music mm-hmm. and i'm not surprised why Lindsay didn't like it and i'm probably not surprised why john and mick and christine were didn't like it because john and mick were coming from the blue side of things yes and christine she was she had the big piano arrangements that's right so it's very very understandable that side of things but still whenever you add in all that lovely wee jangly stuff oh that is one of the best songs Hi. All the backing vocals and different things, and even I did as well. I've listened to some plenty of times, headphones and different things. It wasn't the one night I was, I was watching it on YouTube or something that I heard all the backing was really, really clear. They were just right up. I didn't know what the hell happened or what version or what the hell was. It sounded unreal. So I was, oh, <laughs> it was a good song. I just got better. Mm. Oh, it was class. The backing vocals, bass guitars would mix it as well there's no real rhythm guitar it's just no. driven, driven by the bass and the drums which is class good, good rhythm section isn't right. it oh good song but uh, see that's the wee interesting story that's the starter starter for 10 stick on a wee bit there just uh, to, oh if, you, if you don't know dreams if you don't know it where have you been where have you been <laughs> song on my whole playlist that Ryan McGillney so he'll not be listening to this podcast he's very fussy no it's definitely if it's not like hardcore rave but it has to be 90s rave and I insist on that as well 90s and early 2000s that's just the year we were in the time all the classics came out of that time I mean that 2000 that's the one not that I've listened to it. That was a co- that's cover song, remix. Was it? Yeah, it's from. Uh, oh. It is from the 80s. It's not that. She's um, a maniac. She's a maniac. Yep. That one? Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. I don't 
Det er sådan noget det Altså John Fogarty? I heard it nearly the other day. That's good, that's good jam. That's a good song. Uh, I never listened to it from start to finish. Very hard line now. That's the famous line. Target and Lindsay Buckingham directly. Well, the only song that doesn't target anything. Remember the band is The Chains. <laughs> <laughs> Last song. Uh, that whole album's pretty class. Just classic album. It is. It's really good. If you ever get a chance, watch the BBC documentary on it, the classic albums documentary on it. It is just it goes through song by song, story by story. Oh, really? It is class. And it's like, there's Lindsay Buckingham and nothing. I think I made a wise to bit of that, and he was nowhere. He wasn't in any of it. I talked to all the rest of them, Mick Fleetwood and Chris McVie. He was in parts of was it, he? I think. Mm. Maybe it was a different documentary. It was, it was something on recently about them. I can't remember if it was the BBC or what it was. But they were talking about, they were sort of following uh, Christa McVie. She sort of left and then she didn't want to go on a plane or something. She could fear the planes. Then eventually, Mick Fleetwood visited her, visited her in London and says, Oh sure, come on back to Hawaii or wherever he was living with me. And she jumped the plane, and that was it. Just she just cured. Back to turn again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was the same program, <laughs> but I don't remember that bit. But no. <laughs> probably wasn't then. No. But, uh, no, no. This just went into the whole detail of the rumors album. Class. And the production techniques and what all he did, and oh. there was parts of it where uh, one of the songs on the album there's a solo. Mm-hmm. Never going back again. Yes. I think there's a there's a solo in it. Anyway, the okay. point of the story is that, <laughs> and it wasn't even in this document. It's a different thing altogether. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It wasn't a one take solo. Mm-hmm. It was six or seven takes all chopped together. Oh, interesting. And the, the only man that could do it was the engineer at the time, because nobody else was there during the tracking of the the solo. So he. <laughs> Nobody else knew which track was playing which, and <laughs> so oh, they had to get him. A, had to get your man out of bed at three o'clock in the morning, bring him into the studio to do this solo tick. <laughs> <laughs> Raging for him. Uh, so, he must be well paid for. Oh, it'd have to be. Bound to be. Bound to be. But uh, I dreams. Uh, and rumors. If you know, if you haven't listened to Fleetwood Mac, highly suggest rumors. That's a starting point. So. There you go. Very much so. Re-recording recommended. <laughs> the two thumbs, up. <laughs> <laughs> two thumbs up. Two thumbs up from Two thumbs up from Mikey. There you go. So, uh, yes. So, Anthony, your turn now. I'm going to go... Now, I had never heard this song. Well, probably subconsciously never heard it. But it's probably been on the radio or Spotify playlist or something. Run ahead. But Ray Charles. Oh, yes. Uh, what I say, I'm gonna stick it on anyway. Just took her on there. Tear away. Say, I'm here just before.
after he had like 12 minutes of a concert to tell. He was doing one of them charity fundraising, what did they call it? It was a meal, meal dance. And he got good fear so they had to play, had to play for like four, five, six hours or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's big, that's big jump. So they had exhausted their, play, their set list <laughs> by about midnight or so. Class. And, uh, but they still had 12 minutes yes. left on the slot. So Ray, he turns to the band and says, I'm just going to play around here. You follow me? Not like um, Back to the Future. Johnny be good. Oh, you know, keep it this and you know, B flat, B minor, whatever it was. Keep, keep it clean. They just they turned her and the ball just fixed it under. So, you're just making up lyrics on the spot. So, that, that, that finished off for 12 minutes. And Ronnie well, couldn't believe himself. Oh, this is amazing, this is the best, best song you played all night, Ray. <laughs> Made up on the spot. So, Ray decides he's going to. Oh, play it, boy. He decides after the concert he's going to record it. The original, as he put it, this segment here was. It was that 12 to 15 minutes. Came into the studio and it was about nine, touching nine minutes at that time. Yes. And the producer was having that to help palpitate heart palpitations. Three minutes. Not 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 in the fifties. I'm pure agent. No, I suppose at the time it was just like singing as a So so what what he did was, as you'll see in the podcast playlist, that it's part one and two. And so, those are actually so it's five minutes there on the playlist, so it's three minutes and then two minutes or something like that there. Alright. So that was so well, he said, tell me what I say. Standard entertainment at that time was two and a half minutes. But like now. Yeah. So, tell me what I say. He said he'd have a deep, deep side of the We're going to take out this bit, this chunk here, and keep all this. Well, it's start, but I, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of about. It's all thinking time. It's like, I need to think of something good here to play next. You know what? I'll do this, do that. And they does it. That's the way it keeps. So, turned it. So, 1958 December on the spot turned out to be one of Ray's other tracks at that time and being one of Ray's most notable tracks as it had been covered by Elvis, J.D. Lewis, Eric Clapton, Nancy Sinatra did a version as well with Sammy Davis Jr. I couldn't find on Spotify so we'll play a wee bit of Jerry and Elvis, why not? Much. I think I have heard this song before. Well, I heard this before Slack of Lyrics there. Definitely sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I can't think Oh, who could find out me? What did they get now? 
You didn't find that on Google, did you? I took a while about a hogan to find it, but <laughs> <laughs> But you found it. I found it and yeah. Good man. Fair play, fair play kid. That's what I say about Ray Charles. Very good. That's good. Sure, your next choice. My next choice. Well, that first one wasn't really a choice, but just because we talked about rumours. But um, my first official, official choice. Um, <laughs> I I actually looked at like nine or ten, because um, we didn't really know how in depth to go into them. But three, I sort of picked are my most in depth ones. Um, I'm going to go for Bad Moon Rising first. If you don't know Bad, you know, if you don't, if you never listened to to Fleetwood Mac. You know, if you've never listened to Creedence Clearwater Revival, get listening to them. Where have you been? <laughs> they, they, as I described down there before we started recording, they live fast and die young. A lot Basically, of songs in a very short period of time. They existed for three years, and in three years they released. They they recorded, they wrote their own music, recorded it, and did live tours all in three years. That's some going. Very much um, like the Beatles. I know. I know. No, we're not a Beatles fan, but they live fast and yeah. the band dismantled very quickly. Yes, but uh, here's Bob and Raisin. <laughs> Written by John John Fogarty, who's a singer, and, uh, lead guitarist. Basically, he wrote the first two albums. Never, most of the third, he wrote basically every song. <laughs> it's only when never. Uh, I can't remember which one of them left first. I think it was his brother, who was the other guitar player. And then he decided, oh, lads, I better like to make a few songs here. <laughs> but, uh, he wrote this in uh, 1969. He had the title, he kept the book of song titles for the one he had. He didn't actually know what he meant by Bad Moon Raising. It sounded good, he said. The topic of the song was inspired by a movie, a 1941 film called The Devil of Daniel Webster. Like a Noir style, black and white film, sort of thing. If you listen to the the song, he's talking about a hurricane and rivers bursting and stuff like This apparently was like his favourite scene in the movie, or one that stood out to him the most, where there basically was a big hurricane and stuff was blowing about the floor. He didn't really know what about the song, but he sort of, you know, it as a, like a metaphor for the, tor- the turmoil that was sort of happening at the time. Um, Luther like King was assassinated, J.K. was assassinated, this was going back mad. This is was Thought on them, I know loads of them. Oh, Proud Mary, you know the one that rolling on the river. The rolling the river, the, the baby sings it in the, in the back of the car. <laughs> uh, that's originally their song, although it was covered by 
everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Tina uh, Turner? Yes, I think that's her singing in the commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that's their song. John Fogarty wrote that. Um, Lodi Lo- Lo- said that. Um, d- you know, the good, um, have you ever seen The Rain? That's, that's the one. That's a clinker. Uh, I love the wee, uh, the uh, church organ in the, the last chorus. Lovely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, inspired by a movie. He wrote, the, he wrote the music for it first as well, before he had any words. He had the title, then he wrote all the music, then he wrote the words, which I don't know. I don't write songs. <laughs> I've written tunes before, but <laughs> I, don't ri- I don't write songs. Uh, it's not really, it's not, so it's, the lyrics aren't really about anything, really. It's just it's casual observations, I aye. suppose. Just aye, from Mice in the Film. <laughs> so, yeah, Badman Raisin. I say, if you haven't listened to Craig Claywater, Get on that. Uh, they basically soundtrack the movie The Big Lebowski. They were in Tropic Thunder. Which is, yes. All them Vietnam films. That's right. Cause, aye, they were, Vietnam was around that time, wasn't it? The late 60s, early 70s or something. Correct me if I'm wrong, aren't they? No, I think you're right. Um, a lot, some of their songs were inspired by it. Uh, Run, Run Through the Jungle is a prime sample. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? The name escapes me. Fortune's Son. I think it's about a, a Vietnam soldier or something. I can't remember. So why is listen to that nicely? That's a real good one. Um, it's a bit of a protest song, that, actually. Sort of against Vietnam War, I think. Or or not so much the war, but like the people in charge. Mm. From the, I, I think I read that somewhere online. One night, very late. Which <laughs> is why I only sort of half remember it. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I watched the documentary actually. Sure, so that was good. It was one of the major wars that the states actually lost. That's true. So that's true. We don't like to talk about it. <laughs> it st- like st- still hurts. It's like, fault, it's like fault, <laughs> fault terror. Don't mention the war, sort of thing. What <laughs> um, do you do? That's good. <laughs> Faulty Towers is one of the best shows out. That was a cracking programme. There's only 12 episodes of it. Yep. You know. And if anybody thinks about banning scenes and stuff, forget about it. Get away. It's a different time. Aye. If you're in it, if you're offended by it. Don't watch don't it. Don't watch it. <laughs> aren't they? That's, that's gospel there. If, you don't, if you're offended by it, just like, don't watch it. Like, if you're offended by a bit, just turn it off. Very easy. That's why I've quit watching the news. The BBC news I always found a bit more depressing. I've been watching the UTV news lately. They're a wee bit more positive. They are, for some reason. I don't know. Because the, the day they're all, they're in farms and at barbers. And <laughs> 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 but uh, one depressing side of uh, UTV news is uh, Frank Mitchell retired. He did. He wasn't getting the weather right, Elmer, so probably about 10 years <laughs> No, I get, can get the weather right. What, what was Mum had said today? She goes, uh, <laughs> she goes, she's what we were watching the UTV, and your woman had said that there was going to be rain on Monday, and Mum goes, Well, Bar turned me earlier on, it wasn't going to rain on Monday. <laughs> the They're the biggest pile of. Uh, meteorology BBC is news. literally just look outside and mmm. <laughs> Well, the thing about me- meteorology is the way they're predicting the weather is uh, if they if they take a point and they're predicting the weather from one point, you could have twenty different outcomes mm-hmm. for how it's going to be at a certain place down the line. It's very hard to predict 
I learned about in uh, Queens. But I think, like, I know they're all working for the British Meteorological Society. That's not yeah. easy to say, I know. But <laughs> <laughs> Meteoro- Meteorological. <laughs> 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 I thought I would get it for you, you, and I wasn't you're, even you're, you're better, Me- did better than me. Meteorolo- meteorological. They should be picking the point. The weather forecasters shouldn't be picking their point. They oh should right. be picking their point, and then just giving the, the report to all the reporters. Well, but then, like, if the weather is the same for everybody, what's the point in having a whole pile of different weather people? You need one then, pre-recorded, sent to everybody. This is John from the weather. And the weather's going to be sunny. <laughs> <laughs> it might rain. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't even be like that. It would just be like a pre pre recorded message <laughs> and, and just a video of a man standing <laughs> with his hands out to get here. Like like phoning the big clock on the phone. Aye. The time is seven <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> and fifteen <laughs> <laughs> And thirty seven seconds. Aye. That was, that's make more sense to it that way, but <laughs> takes the fun out of the end watching all the different weathers. And, and then, no, yeah, then, oh, then everybody, everybody having, a, having a row about, well, he didn't tell me that. Oh, exactly. <laughs> there's a, yeah. there's yeah. an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that did the exact same thing where the weatherman, <laughs> he had decided, Larry David, he had decided that the weatherman had protected the weather depending on how to keep the golf course clear. Yes. So... If he predicted rain for everybody else, he was out in the golf course because it was sunny. <laughs> <laughs> that's a smart thing to do, actually. That's power. That's, that's uh, abusive power more than... Yeah. Uh, that's quite funny. You must have to book your slot in the golf course or Probably, something, so uh, I don't know. Tea, a tea time. Uh, After that... <laughs> that's a lot of information well, to take in there. Where are, you, where are you taking us to next, Anthony? Um, the Cranberries song. Oh, the Cranberries. That's a good song. That is a good song. I love the heavy guitar in that song. It's uh, Dolores O'Riordan classified it as her most aggressive song. Where is she from? They're from Limerick. Mm. The Cranberries are from Limerick. The official value of that song, I'm almost certain they're in Belfast. Well, that's what I'm going to get into. Okay, right, right, okay. <laughs> this, uh, I'm sort of reading the story, am I? No, you haven't. Oh, that's good, that's good. I don't know the story, by the way. You haven't told me listen yet. No, we're, we're, we're keeping all stories secret from now on. For Different, uh, uh, Just for each other. <laughs> Adds that extra element of... Surprise. Oh, <laughs> is that right, aren't they? So, I'll, I'll, I'll let her tear away anyway. No, I'm not even going to start the song. I'm going to start with... Right, as we had said, Zombies were from Limerick, formed in 1989, mm-hmm. and didn't have it big until 1992, the album. Everybody else is doing it, so... Why Can't We, which had hits on it from Dreams, another Dreams. Aye, I saw that in the playlist, I thought, that's nothing good, man. Different Dreams. Is that what that song's called? I didn't know that. Every, that's a classic, and then Linger, Linger one. That, they're good songs. Uh, the Cranberries are actually fairly underrated, that's, though, that's, that's an amazing album, not everybody else is doing it, album. That's yes. a great song. Uh, so in the middle of touring the Everyone Else album, at that time, trouble the troubles were kind of they were petering out a wee bit at uh, that point in 1983. But the IRA they are they were targeting more mainland UK, so okay. England. So Dolores and 
Cranberries, they were in London at the time, and that was at the time of the Warrington bombing. Yes. Where two two Ian's two children had died. Yes. The IRA planted the bombs into the bands and they were going Bad job, uh. they were going to the shops and two dead and eight in separate different places in Warrington. So Laura, she was heartbroken. She could she couldn't get over it. She couldn't let it go. So she basically had the chord structure and by the way it was lined out as she was touring England yes. at that time. She was she came back to Limerick and she was out the night out. Back at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. She couldn't settle. She needed to get this song finished. So she ended up with Zombie. She's really, she's really giving it her all. She is angry. She is, she's uh, angry in it. Sweet, great song though. See, I love, I love the heavy guitar in it. It's simple enough. So good. Her troubles song. Her she, getting it out. Aye. Getting her emotion out. There was a few U2 had done as well, but there wasn't. U2. Aye. Uh. Uh, <laughs> street, the streets have no name, but it was half and half troubles and half African poverty. That was kind of the time of. That's Bono just. Band aid. So I didn't, I didn't want to just go down that route. Dolores, Dolores has, a, has a very, very unique singing voice. It does actually. I reckon it's because she spent her childhood and her teens singing in the chapel choir. That sort of choir I don't know how you are to describe it. But it's just sort of... You know what I mean? That's hard to define. Yes and no. Aye. Definitely different, but it's very... That's where the red her sound came from. Aye. Of course, she's not with us now. Some songwriter. That one, uh... That first one, Dreams. I didn't even know that was... I thought that was some memory. <laughs> 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 the very first song on that uh, Dairy Girls show. The very first one. I don't know if they watch Dairy Girls. No. And then, I don't know if everybody knows, but one of the episodes was filmed with them. Dairy Girls? What was it? First series, second series. First series. What was it? I was driving by the time they were filming it. What was the film at? Up at Tegarty, up at the film station. Oh, I must, station. I must uh, watch that. Program. You know, you know, there's a wee, you know the way there's the wee restaurant. By Peggy's Dinner. Aye. They had all the blocks at the back, so the, the diner had made it look like the diner in the show, and then they had the ah. petrol pumps outside her. And they had the 90s car, the, must, uh, the Ford outsider. Oh, just must have had you. Aye, uh, it's maybe the fourth or fifth episode. The time there's a boy in the boot. <laughs> but she doesn't really. Mean is that the one that goes holidays or something? Aye, uh, the one that's only gone. Oh, 
And they're trying to avoid marching season. Go from there. To Donegal. I got lost before, but not that lost. There you go. Films attended the universe in terms of TV productions. Sure, the films. Give us those there too as well. Well, there's Molly Glass, but the big gas or whatever. But they actually filmed in in Tim by the the lot of people got it there. What they filmed. It was a boy, it was your, your mom. I didn't see it, but I didn't see it. All the characters? Aye, one of the characters. He literally, he was on this boat for days and days and days. But they only had like 100, 200 yards of actual open canal to work with. <laughs> so they just went out and down. <laughs> The same spot. Oh. I've never actually watched that show, so no. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to pack out the scene or anything, but uh, that's very interesting. Aye, because I mean, your man from uh, Precart, he had done the, the turn of the boat. Yes. He had to trail the, the, the boat on the actual show, trail it up and down. Aye. Yeah. We couldn't, I remember when that was in film. I used to get the bus too. I think I was working in Ballymena or something. I used to get the bus, and they had all the big massive green screens up. Green screens blocking the whole thing. You couldn't see even on the on the old bridge. They had it all blocked Aye. off. You couldn't look down the, the, the river or nothing. Wild. And then, uh, security guards. Security guards That's everywhere. Right. And That's right. uh, local counselors telling you to get off ground. Casting got a win a picture of it, so. It's on the right. I think that was like one of the earlier times they just decided we'll do it, and then. Yeah, when people started releasing what was going on. Aye. Yeah, started getting big, big news and tune. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's zombies there, aren't they? Great song. That's a great song. Great Thank album. You. Just generally all of the cranberry stuff. It's just not that album, actually. Um. As I said, Dolores, she died in 2019. So Did she? Aye. Oh, she's a good So she's no longer with us anymore, but. Oh, that's unfortunate. But yeah. Definitely. Are they from Limerick? They're from Limerick. And how did Belfast get absorbed into the video? Um, Because of the troubles. Oh, because of the troubles, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> I forgot. It's alright. Because <laughs> I remember watching the video the first couple of times I saw it and I never really tracked on. There was bad fashion on then mm-hmm. I saw how they called the mirrors and stuff that was on and then trying how long? That one would in the south. No. Because I don't think that's a big thing in the South Murals and all that kind Not peace murals anyway, or no. So it took me it had to be Belfast. And then I thought they're not from the north. Because I know they're definitely from the south somewhere. I thought they were from Dublin. Oh. Limerick. Hmm. There you go. Didn't know that either. Probably the biggest band to come out of Limerick. Aye. I can't think of any other ones yeah, to do with. The only other, other big one would be not, and they're not even from Limerick, they're from Tum, it's Sawdockers. <laughs> That's right. And then, I think there's a big massive Cork band, but for life me, I can't remember who they are. Then there's themselves. Oh, there is there is one. The Bono and Boys. Aye. The biggest, arguably the biggest band in the world. Mm. E- easily. 
was I was I was listening to yeah. Here, here, here's a shout out for you. <laughs> right, go on ahead. <laughs> uh, the Irish Music Industry Podcast. Oh, they were. They had well, the week earlier they went to Tech Me. She was on it there one day last week. Yes. And Rue, and they had Tara Howley on it this week. Yes. Which was very interesting. Very interesting. What are they talking about then? That. Um. How. What was it? She talked about uh, recording the first album, mm-hmm. and then they were talking about her three six five series. Okay. She's doing a tune or a, a dancing thing or Aye, that's right. a, a story a day, one day a year. She's doing this. She's doing it again next year, starting first of January. Mm-hmm. But I think it's different this time because you can't obviously meet up with people yet. But unless it yes. changes, but I didn't say you can't do it. No, definitely not. Um, but then that's another nine months away, so she's got loads of time true. to sort that out. Aye, it's loads of time. Generally. But. Yeah, and she was just talking about her career and uh, she was over in the States at the time COVID broke with Riverdance. Yes, they yes. were in the American-Canadian tour mm-hmm. and I think they had just they were just about to play Broadway or Carnegie Hall or something like that there, really, yeah. really big. One of, one of the big icons of stage. <laughs> yes. And COVID kicked in and then they had to just uh, get home. I was in the same boat, actually. Sort of. I just happened to be in America when uh, COVID was just getting out of China. So it was fun. Good time getting home. I actually was home sort of like, I came on the end of January. COVID was just starting to infect people in America. It hadn't reached Europe or nothing yet. Uh, like there's maybe three people died or something. Or maybe 14 people dead in China. Or something like that, and two or three had died in America. And I thought, well, just what a job at, and then mm. got home to this stuff. <laughs> I almost said a bad word there. I'm not going to get home to everything just getting worse and worse, and then next thing, bang, lockdown. That's Your next choice, Q. Uh, yes, uh, back to important stuff. Hello. I've really got two main choices left. I'll, I'll tell you a few of the smaller ones first. Um, that I looked up. See, I have nine or ten there. Bad of the Hell was one. Sort of interesting enough. Um, obviously written by Jim Steinman, who wrote most of most of the Meatloaf stuff. Meatloaf songs. And um, the the original theme for the song was uh, Peter Pan and the Neverland Story. How that plays in when you listen to the song, how that actually plays in, I'm not 100% sure. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not buying that at all. That's what it said <laughs> on the page or line. <laughs> Don't believe everything here and I'll read on the <laughs> internet, children. Uh, some of it is made up. Um, but what really struck me was uh, an operatic dramatization of a cataclysmic event. So, I'll not, we'll not listen to the whole song because it's like 10 minutes long. The extended version is the only version. Absolutely. 9 minutes 50 seconds. See this radio version? Oh, yes. No. You need. The cataclysmic event is the big motorcycle crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the theatrical drama behind it and all that, you know, whatever it's going on. Uh, that's your and you need that. Without that song, it's just... It's not, it's not right. That song. Mm-hmm. Not right. This big solo that comes up here before it starts singing, it's not much. That reminds me of the Who. 
Scene in the middle where the motorcycle crashes and they're doing the motorcycle sound. Instead of getting a motorcycle in to do this sound, they just it was the guitar player, whatever he did, they just put the distortion and never just turned everything up full and just like scraped the strings or something. Like, so that is a, a guitar, not a motorcycle. And day and day, get ready for the first lyrics. Class up. I'll skip right ahead to the. Uh, but uh, we're getting into the big crash now coming shortly. Uh, uh, it's driving in the road here now. I can see myself tearing up the road faster than any other boy has ever gone. I love his reasons. It's basically a classical song. Piano, lovely backup singing. Then you have to rock guitar. The drums are very steady, there's nothing fancy there. I think, um. I did watch a documentary on one thing, but I can't remember for that long ago. He definitely went into it at some stage because you mean that program was on there on TV. There was a TV program where there was like celebrities doing opera singing. He's a judge on it. I think I may have said this one of our program broadcasts. I watched it and thought, oh, Meatloaf. And then it was like, oh, after the break, Meatloaf's going to sing Battle to Hell. A really dull, operatic version of it. And he's getting old at the time, so he just hadn't seen Puff. And he did. Soon play. Was he not doing the farewell tour for like five years or something? Oh, probably, aye. <laughs> it's like the Wolf Tones. Aye. I mean, they were playing Belfast one time. I know my dad was a big middle fan. They do this in the jar stuff. I was like, oh, it's just a middle flag. Go see him. Oh, no, no, I'm chasing him for it. I'm not doing this yeah, I did look well. Um another small one ahead. Sorry, I'll get on to you. You're right. um, um I'm going I'm going to jump into a bit of Iron Maiden because say I've listened to them recently. Uh a song called Blood Brothers. This is like a this is a live version from this sort of thing. Chapters, 
song was written by Steve Harris, who's a bass guitar player, very good bass guitar player. Uh, it wasn't written about his father just died. It wasn't really so much written about his father, but it sort of mentions him a bit here. You know. It's more sort of about a bit like Well, get to the course, I don't Just like a mirror reflecting the reflections of Just for a second, a glimpse of my father I see And in a movement he beckons to me like Dragon Force as well, you know, I mean to have my dad, but uh, no, but anyway, uh, for that live song, that version there, you know, he's playing this stadium with just thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people, can you imagine sitting, standing on a stage singing a song and a thousand people singing it back to you, that'd be class. Bonner, yeah. Oh, I'm in South America too, they go, they're mad down there, um, so that's Blood Brothers, I've written about Steve Harris, oh, uh, sort of about Steve Harris' father. Good. Um, but obviously, more a, a message about what's going on in the world or how it's changing. Um, one last one before we move on to the extra choice. Um, December what? December nineteen sixty-three. Oh, what a night! I, I'm not. I'm not. Who sings that? Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Very good. That's a class song. Course for it is unreal. That start is class two. But it sounds like but um boom boom. Yeah, oh sorry, that's the whole song's class. Um uh written as a song to celebrate oh, the end of Prohibition in nineteen thirty three. That was the original song. December nineteen thirty three. That's the interesting bit here. But um changed the lyrics at the request of Frankie Valley and one of the original uh, song Judy Parker her name was um, to sort of keep up with the times more so obviously written in the 60s the so they changed the lyrics they changed it to December 1963 changed it to depict a young man's first affair with a woman like Mrs Robinson well sort of Loosely based on that Judy Parker and her and her husband, he also wrote the song. He's one of the writers of their relationship a wee bit. Frankie Valley, good listen to as well. That at the start of it sounds like uh, it's the same drums for Superstitious. That's all I can hear. Actually, you know what? I'll look at the songs I have it here too. But also, Frankie Valley. Um, Greece. <laughs> we've probably mentioned Greece before. That is a I've just been listening to that soundtrack all week. That is so good. It is. It is very good. Uh, similar. Less hi hats now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Oh. <laughs> 
I should love that song. I love that song. That's some groove in that song. That's one of the things I've, I've kind of a. I'm weird about things. I can kind of tell what a song is after the first four bars. <laughs> and that's the one that throws me. It's either 1963 or superstitious. So it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's this about because I love the saxophone and that's or whatever it is. One from another. Just three. Three hooks in between lines. That's bad. And that's, that's my last wee segue for a minute or two, you know. So, uh, my next actual choice, um, we're going back to Stevie Nicks, unfortunately. Or oh, unfortunately. Not, nothing, unfortunately. Uh, I'll just take the song on. If you don't know it, get listening to it. Edge of 17. So, this was actually, I quite enjoyed this little backstory. Like Do you know where the title for the song came from? Edge of 17. Steve Nicks also wrote the song. She was uh, friends with Tom Petty's wife. Mrs. Petty. So she was talking to Mrs. Petty, and I guess they were talking about how through the net. She must have been from the south. She said, she said, at the age of 17, but with her accent, Steve Nicks thought she said, at the age of 17. Sounds nice. So that's what she's got to say. The song was actually inspired sort of the death of Steve Nicks' uncle and the murder of John Lennon had been sort of done a few weeks with each other. 
Light Wine Dove sings a song that sounds like she's singing. <laughs> and uh, the best is, she's self actually admitted she never heard it. I don't. Until 40 years after she was Which is funny. It's really weird. I sure this song. I think it's like that song When Dogs Cry. Apparently, dogs actually do cry. <laughs> there you go. He didn't know that either. <laughs> Very good. Oh, dear. That's a class song there. Great song. I love that song. What do you think about this? That uh, guitar is very repetitive. Well, apart from that, great. It's a bit like um, Wild Tiger. Yeah. That changes for the chorus. That kind of stays. That's going to go away great. I think it's the harmony sections and the big hook in the chorus. Same sort of thing. Maybe that's just Stephen next style. Everything's very simple. Everything's simple, but it's the. She is a massive voice. She can she cover does. everything. She does, and she's able to put her. You know, she's able to place them back up lyrics and different things here and there which do change it up mm-hmm. as far as music she's not much of a music she's not very musical that road as I was telling with Tommy Dreams you mm-hmm. know three, three chords and the rest of the band hated it <laughs> but she hears things that the rest aren't hearing you know like she's hearing all this background stuff it's about like me and you mm-hmm. like you hear different things than what I hear aye I do listen to words of songs and drumming. I can only hear the rhythm section. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better. I listen to a lot of bass guitar now. That's just a good, good grooves hiding in there. Mm. <laughs> so that's, uh, yes, that's my second. Very good. Second choice there, good choice. Kid. Uh, before I move on to my final choice, there was one notable mention I had. Mm-hmm. Now... Andy's going to tell you, Andy's not going to tell you the backstory for this year because nobody knows the backstory for this year. <laughs> but it has a, cr- it does have a backstory, just nobody knows nobody it. Knows. <laughs> and it's uh, Alanis Morissette, you ought to know, I from her classic album, Jagged Up Pulp, which mm-hmm. made her an absolute star. I mean, she's not a great singer. I've heard her name before, but I don't think I've ever actually listened to it. She's not, you wouldn't classify her as a great singer, but she's a great lyricist. Yes. I could read to him. But apparently it's about her and having an affair with the drummer. Nobody knows. Apparently. <laughs> 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 Could be about anything. <laughs> I think the outro is just class. That's a good <laughs> song, but again, so nobody knows the backstory. Nobody knows the backstory. You know what that reminds me of when you say no one's backstory. You ever, have you ever watched uh, The Quiet Man? Yeah, parts of it. I John Wayne and uh, Maureen O'Hara at the very end of the film, 
and all of a sudden done there, I don't know. I'll tell you sort of the, the basic plot of the movie. So he's American, but he has Irish ancestors, mm. so he's moved to Ireland to whatever, do whatever, and uh, falls in love with this woman, and they're, they're getting married in, they're not getting married in, they get married. At the end, they're married. Oh, big spoiler, sorry. <laughs> but uh, they're standing looking out, at, uh, out the field, and he's standing all prayers, punching next thing she comes over and she whispers something into his ear. She never told anybody what she whispered, and there he never told mm-hmm. anybody. So big mystery. What what did she whisper? Because the laugh, when she she whispered, and then they start laughing at her, and then they run away after the mm-hmm. end of the film. But nobody knows what the, what she that, said to that's, him. That's good touch. Oh, that's the sort of thing. That's you know, mystery. It's about like. Whenever we go walk on Sunday, <laughs> Mister Tour, Um <laughs> your uh, plot line there sounded a lot like uh, most of us sounded like the field. Now that's a good recommendation of a film. Oh, to the field, the field. You know what the best scene in that in the field is the Kelly Johnson, Kieran Hanrahan, and I think it's Kevin Burke's playing the fiddle. Mm. Uh, just because it's good old, good old crack, you know. The Bull McCabe. The Bull McCabe. Go on the ball. That is a good film. That is a good film. This, uh, and this is another drama. That's actually a play. It's a play originally. John yeah. B. Keane. Funny, I might have mentioned the field already. We were working somewhere. And there was a nice lush field in the middle of... No, we were walking. <laughs> Sorry. my field. <laughs> Sorry, we were walking. That's where we were walking up the mountain. And just out of nowhere, just this lovely green field with sheep on it. And it was like... Did this you ever Did you ever see the field This is my field Because <laughs> <laughs> it just It just reminded me Sort of we were walking down mm. And there's sort of mountains Either side of us And just this lovely Nice flat field I thought just, That's just like the field The film Just you know At the very start When they're sort of Panned across Big mountains Next thing All stony ground Next thing Just a lovely green field Just in the middle of her I had one of them light bulb moments there last week too I was just, <laughs> just glancing across on their knob at stones and oh then just out of the nowhere just this wee bit of a field class <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good recommendation the, of a film the, the, the opening of that film's class too just to all the pipes and stuff uh, it's actually a great film a lot of interpretation to come out of it if you're into your interpretation of films and I think that's what makes it I think that's it's the it's the mystery of them mm. West Coast places, it's like they're they're kind of wee bit mysterious. Aye, uh, I think you need to have like a degree in psychology to mm-hmm. understand some of it as well. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to sort of think, what are they thinking when they're doing this? Well, Richard Harris, probably the one, nearly the only Irish actor in that film. Brenda Fricker. Or Brenda Fricker. Sean Bean. Sean Bean's English. Ugh, he claims Irish. Heritage or whatever, and uh, he also dies in that film, which is stop reading films. <laughs> oh, sorry, and uh, cut that out, cut that out, don't John Hurt, John Hurt. Uh, you know, the guy with the alien with the stuff things made of his chest. Who's he playing the field? Um, the American, no, the bird, the bird. Was he? All right, I cut that bit out where I ruined the whole film there. Just <laughs> you can leave that bit on. Well, cut the bit out where I ruined the film. Aye, so John Hurt's in it, and uh, <laughs> he's class. <laughs> oh, actually, well, does it really ruin the film? Cause no, not you, really. You can cut this bit out, because does he not die at everything he's in? 
<laughs> I think what the only thing he did, uh, there was only one film he's ever been in that he didn't die in. Oh. And I can't remember what it is. It may have been the field. Believe that. <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but uh, no, that's a good film, Maury. Aye, aye. So that was, that was more set than you had. You didn't watch uh, Terror on BBC? No. It's about uh, two English Royal Royal Navy boats in the eight, 1800s, 1700s, one of them, 1800s. Mm. He's trying to find the, the Northwest Passage up, up through Canada and get to China that way. Oh. And... Uh, Long time finding that. They get stuck. They get stuck in the in the ice. Obviously, of course they do, because it's Antarctic. It's, it's, it's the Arctic. That's basically, aye, it is. And they decide to go like mid mm. mid November. So whenever they're right aye. into the middle of it, it's just bang. Really cool. Aye. So the two boats get st- get lodged and stuck. And the real story is that that all the so all the sailors that couldn't get the boat out, obviously, and two boats out, and then they just started cannibalism a wee bit and mm-hmm. none of them were left yeah terror kind of there's only a slight difference in the to make it fiction yeah where they he brings in this extra supernatural being into the thing and that, that's what wipes out most of the sealers mm-hmm. which is a nice touch but what i was going to say is that the guy in the terror is richard thingamajigs uh Richard Harris. Richard Harris' son. Oh. Jared. Who was in Suits. Or ja- not Suits. Jared. Jared. Well, he's mm. English, obviously, now, because Richard moved over to London. Yeah, I suppose. But Jared, he was in Mad Men. Yes. But Jared, he's re- didn't like him in Mad Men, but he's great in The Terror. So I highly recommend The Terror. A film, is it? No, it's like or a, a ten-part series. Oh, right. Must look good up. Actually, it's really good. Very good, aren't you? Really good. My last choice, which is actually... Oh, aye, that's right. Aye, it wasn't even your choice. Aye. Which is actually a side note. <laughs> I got ahead of it. Which happened to, <laughs> happened to just be a coincidence. It's called staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> BG's job. I outdo myself sometimes. <laughs> That's a lie. He had a script. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm only looking at the script. <laughs> oh, so what the hell? Stay alive. Stay alive. It? Right. This is a cracking backstory. Okay. You, right. didn't, you haven't told me this. Normally, I'll give you a bit of background. We, normally, like, we discuss what we're doing and any notes we've made, but today, Anthony's like, nah, I'm not telling you anything. You just got to be pure surprise. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to this. Right. <clears throat> so, everybody knows staying alive. The song it was for the John Travolta film Saturday Night Fever, mm-hmm. which was an absolute classic of a film. So BG's kind of ripped most of the soundtrack, but they had like most of the recording artists in the seventies had recorded it in France to avoid paying tax. Right. So, as the BGs were flying to Paris, they got the Concord flight at that time from. London to Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Gibb held on to the ticket and went into the studio and producers had all said, right, you need to write me a new song. I need another song for this film. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin pulled out the ticket 
Yes. And he literally just, there must be like health and safety procedures on the back of it. <laughs> so he literally ripped most of it off and put it in as lyrics for staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a nice touch. So that was grand. Um, there was a row between the producers didn't want, they had previously recorded Night Fever, mm-hmm. which I'll play a wee bit of that before I get into Staying Alive. So it's this one. Mm-hmm. This is on the soundtrack as well. And so the producer came and said, Right, you need to change the name of this song to Saturday Night. And BG said, No, there's too many songs that start with Saturday. I'm not changing. So what they ended up doing, because the script had already been written, they just added fever to the end of it. So yes. after the original song, which was Fever. <laughs> That's another side issue. That's a little side story. Eh? No, on the main side story. story. No, not the main story. Right? So, as I said, Robin had borrowed all the lyrics for off the Concord plank of the ticket. Mm-hmm. During recording, the drummer, uh, Dennis Bryan, as my died. He had to go home work out the funeral before he got the drums recorded for staying alive so this is where it gets interesting they BG thought right we better replace him with somebody in Paris makes, makes sense I suppose so they looked around couldn't find anybody and then somebody had said to them why don't you try a drum machine right <laughs> uh, so try that and they said no it wasn't working what they did instead took a two bar loop of night fever mm-hmm. and played it on repeat throughout the whole of staying alive the drums do not change additional percussion recorded on it I, I don't even think it is I think they've looped it but they've looped it because they've doubled it because the, the hi-hat where they come off the hi-hat there and uh, and night fever is, is double so one there one there yeah. one there been double of that there, but it's, it's basically the same, same groove. That's class. That's, uh, I really enjoyed that. Story. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real nice find, I thought. It was. Is that the whole story? And, uh, That's not the whole story, up there. <laughs> Do you want more? <laughs> Give me that, Heidi. Sitting on my side. Aye, so. I could find on that story 
was that the, the new drummer Bernard Le Pay wasn't paid a man because <laughs> of his <laughs> incessant payment. <laughs> uh, a notable uh, cover version of that was uh, done on the 90s. Uh, your, your mate Ryan would like this here version. A rave version. Which he just took the first four and a half of that uh, bass line and drums and just by M. Trance, massive 90s script. Amazing, now we score this. I love the siren in the background. <laughs> so just like being in LA or somewhere. <laughs> that that's like a rap was working well. That, that's like working well. So that's staying alive. I'm going to tell you this wee story. I, I don't know if we've heard told this before, but uh, stay, that's staying alive. That first wee groove. Do 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 do. I think you know this story. Down the fly. Uh, was that the first year I had or the second year? Was first year? That the first year we got second. Aye. You made something to catch the table that morning. <laughs> uh, the flash, like the whole squad of us stays together in one house and controlled mayhem, if, if you want to call it that. But uh, it was me and you. It was the night before we had to go on stage. It was the night before. And we were sitting watching the flat TV. Aye. And uh, we decided said Shanna come in here we've got a new arrangement for you for the morning morning <laughs> <laughs> and it was us playing <laughs> that St- BG still alive at, uh, a, the single jigger a, a marcher son <laughs> <laughs> it was me and you and McKegos sitting playing three mandolins or something three mandolins or a guitar and two mandolins or something it was white crack we had white crack that, that year was that um, I, that was the First year in Drogheda. First year in Drogheda. We were out, out the... That's right, we were at the town. Out in the sticks. I mean, I, I run the red light. <laughs> Sorry, Mommy. <laughs> I, I think I've probably told her that story, but there's about a number of us in a vehicle. That's why you say. <laughs> say no more, Hugh. There's at least five. <laughs> but uh, as you, the way we were staying at, as you dive into the, in the middle of the town, there's like a weird... Staggered... Crossing it's not a, it's like a it's like a T junction but there's lights on and when you go into the town at the con, it converges into what from two lanes from, to one from lane two, from two to one or something like that so I was I was busy constantly looking for this where it converges and I thought just I don't because I was sort of and I think it was in the middle lane I wanted to make sure I get in because there was a right bit of traffic going that way well I remember not that time of night that was about 10 o'clock perhaps mm. like <laughs> but uh didn't want to miss it. She was dark outside, obviously, that time in the evening. But, oh, just don't want to miss this. And I'd on, dive on. Just an issue, like, next thing, John and you was in the sit beside me. He says to me, oh, did you see that red light? <laughs> it's what red light? Oh, that one just went by there. <laughs> He's not on the name seat, hey, John, tell the truth. Just, I, 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 I didn't know how long it was on. And I was lucky there was nothing coming down the mm. road. Well, probably there was stuff coming. I probably would have stopped. You would have stopped. But they're not coming. I never really noticed it. I just stayed through it. And everyone in the back seat, all number of them, were all like, "What did you do that for?" Co- Corey <laughs> like that too. If you're if you're driving out the bypass, Corey, 
there's like a traffic lights every 200 yards two three hundred yards actually they've in Korean before it's, 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 it was, it's the worst design bypass I've ever seen <laughs> so you get up a bit of speed you're getting up into speed and then all of a sudden bam, bam red light to break disaster <laughs> three every 300 yards there must be a bit of <laughs> <laughs> is that around a bit uh, say Korean the only time I've that direction was to go till where else I go on Cousins over from America I think we're going up toward not go somewhere and we had, we had about seven roundabouts on the road just it was just hateful enough instead of just making one road slipways on you know make a pair of roundabouts <laughs> on but uh, I flaws missed them badly sorely missed hey oh st- staying alive that's cracking song too yeah they just <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to the topic <laughs> we're at hand it's but staying yeah, alive that's lovely story that was a great story it was a class story actually should say that the last my well my last one is not bad now but uh i know for the top stay alive sure there we are and a couple of mentions first just last the last couple of three mentions i'll just go through them soon very quick um i've no iron main one in there which is the rhyme ancient mariner it's based on a poem from like the 1700s called the rhyme of the ancient mariner mm. which is extremely long I tried to read it one night very late on which was a bad idea because I got about 25 verses into it and I didn't even make a dent <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I abandoned that very quickly and just stuck to the song but it's a very long song it's like thir- 13 minutes I'll just play the start of it um, <laughs> some nice arrangements on it changes the tempo Five, six times. It's nice, really slow, but other words, mental chords and stuff. Get the first line. Alright, the plot of the song basically is boat load of fellas sailing south on charted lands. They're followed by an an, an albatross. When they're sailing home again, they kill the albatross and get cursed. And um, they all die except for the captain. He has to live out the curse or whatever. Uh, And eventually the curse is lifted, but it's not really lifted or something like that. Listen to the song, read the lyrics, read the poem you want. But that's it, that's a good song. Uh, One of my favourites at the moment. Jolene. Everyone knows Jolene. Good song. Dolly. Uh, lovely arrangements that song too. Uh, Jolene. So Jolene was inspired by two separate women. The first uh, was an eight-year-old girl who was waiting for an autograph after a concert or something. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, it talks about fiery red hair and eyes emerald green. That's what this week you're up like. Uh, the second woman was uh, a bank teller who took a fancy to Dolly's husband. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, the song itself, people think it's about Jolene stealing this man, but it's, it's like a joke between her and her husband, really. Apparently. Uh, it's actually very, it's very innocent, the song, compared to what people think it's about. Jolie. Why are you spending so much time at the bank for? Something like that, aye. 
Class we saw on the last one before the final is uh, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Good choice. I actually quite liked that wee story. Um, but I forgot about it there. I was picking my choices. <laughs> uh, I'll put it on. I'll skip the first big minute because it's just build up. That's good groove, by the way. That's good, yeah. Um, so the song written by Mark Knopfler. Uh, the lyrics. Yeah, this is a funny story. Uh, he happened to be in uh, an electrical appliance shop. There were two lads standing uh, watching TV, watching music videos on MTV. And he basically just stood and listened to them. He grabbed a bit of paper and wrote what they were saying. Those are the lyrics of the song, yeah. basically. <laughs> like most of Mark's songs, they're just still politely changed. Especially the. the swing. That's a class song. Uh, that, that one there, the, uh, the old boys saying them kids say they got money for nothing these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's basically what it was. Yeah. That's so. And that's that fact, if you don't know, Sting actually sings uh, back up of the song. So, I don't know where I didn't it's at think Sting, the they, could, they couldn't get Sting. Sting's on that. Hmm. You know the line. I want uh, toward the end actually I'm stuck in the bone. I want my MTV, that's thing. Working. Oh, oh. Didn't the time I watched that Brian Johnson documentary I, they touched on it but I can't remember him saying whether Sting agreed to it or not, but But apparently I that guess is uh, yes, that's Sting. That is Sting. Like Sting. Just that one line. I want my MTV. It's Sting, originally. I can't quite sing in the the higher octaves there, like Sting can. But uh, Sting's rightly up there. It's like. my it's my interpretation of it. But uh, okay, right. So that's that. So my last choice, Anthony, is um. Well, I'll play the start of the song. If you've heard any sort of rock and roll music here. Or if you're a guitar player, you've definitely heard that song. Starter packed to learn Basically, guitar. Deep purple smoke on the water. So this basically details events of uh, December fourth, nineteen seventy one, in Montreux, Switzerland. Uh, so basically. Frank Zappa was playing a concert in Montreux, Switzerland, in like a hotel casino. Uh, about an hour and a half into the show, uh, some lunatic shoots a flare gun inside the hotel, which uh, then set fire to the wooden rafters. <laughs> so, <laughs> the hotel started to burn down, basically. The casino hotel started to burn down. Everyone evacuated. Time, Deep Purple uh, just happened to be in Montreux doing some, as you say in the lyrics there, where they were recording for some. So, this 
good detail in advance. Burns place the ground. The smoke in the water they refer to is um, basically they once went across the river. They witnessed it all happen across. The smoke bothered out of the hotel. Just rested on, rested on the water. Cold, it was December, so it was cold. Chilly enough. Just, just in the calm waters. Nice. Probably, well, I say luck class, probably didn't luck class, the hotel burned down, but just basically inspired. I don't think it was luck class. It to some extent. Swiss fans were cold enough at that time of year, so. So that was. That was that. It's basically. Stage by stage, stage by stage record of what happened, basically, <laughs> from from their point of view. Yeah, at least they don't have to go to the cops to get a statement. <laughs> what happened here, lads? Dude, dude, dude. Take a tip there. Speaking of Montreux, uh, you didn't watch any of them, uh, the concerts on TG Cahar over Christmas. They were all Montreux. Were they? Uh, Sheik, Sheik, Mont- Sheik at Montreux. That. that was class. Johnny Cash at Montreux. Oh. Uh, what was the other one? The other one was, ooh, there was like 20 on at that time mm. of year because nobody could get out to concerts. I watched some of Sheik because um, I wasn't going to watch it and then you text me and say, uh, that's class, watch it there. And I watched it and it was class actually. <laughs> there was a dodgy note read that time. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch wow. it. But, um, aye. So if you're ever in Montreux, uh, just by chance, um, there's actually a memorial to Deep Purple at... Um, Funky Claude's Bar, mm. which is uh, right beside, I guess, the, casino? Re- the rebuilt casino mm-hmm. hotel, whatever it is. Um, so what year was that released on there? Um, 70s. It was seven. The so- The event, the actual one that happened was December 4th, 1971. Mm. 20 years before I was born, so nearly 50 years ago. 50 years. Uh, which is a wild long time, I Maybe you put numbers on it. Sounds why a why long time. It does actually. Um, so it must have come out obviously in the seventies or something. So everybody knows that. So uh, yeah, guitar as you say, guitar third pack. <laughs> <sighs> Deep purple, <laughs> smoke of the water, along with uh, some other teen spirit. Oh yeah. Just that start there. And sweet home Alabama. And um, Wonderwall. Wonderwall, yes. Classic. Classic oh, starter. You can play the guitar. What can you play? Oh, I can play Wonderwall. <laughs> that was always the r- r- ridicule of, of guitar players that all they could play is Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play it. I've never, uh, well, I've never actually listened to this song in its entirety. It just sounds so boring. It doesn't change, so... I've listened to bits of it. It sounds really horrible. It's like Oasis is the worst song. But it's probably the most famous, I would say. Mm. Everyone knows it from learning uh, guitars. Yeah. You want to learn guitar? Take that sheet. That's Wonderwall. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> <laughs> You're now an official guitar player. So uh, oh, that's my choice of saying uh, right up, aren't they? Yeah. Um, just <laughs> keep telling people about it and... Aye. That'd be very, very much appreciated. And nice wee reviews help us get found. So definitely. And check us out in our socials because we're yep. doing loads of stuff. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
the uh, website website reviewcorns.wordpress.com that's us and just keep it up also look out for the uh, newsletter which um, should be the first one should be coming out in May be May the 1st probably uh, if you haven't signed up to it sign up give me <laughs> give me something to do <laughs> so I think I'm the one that has to make it <laughs> that's a delegation of power <laughs> Andy Andy he's the king of the castle there something in the big empire and I'm like just I, I started, the next lad doing I've started reading up on uh, Russian concentration camps <laughs> I'm thinking I want to create a dictatorship iron fist job I don't like saying that, but uh, I uh, don't forget I am bigger than you, aren't I? I uh, an equal rights uh, dictatorship. <laughs> I like saying that. I can get behind that. <laughs> like like North Korea meets uh, I don't know. Um, like North Korea meets Northern Ireland. <laughs> like it's like Arlene Foster and Michelle O'Neill both been the dictators, but they can't agree on anything because they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, like there's a clear agenda, but there's a lot of humming and hamming before we get there. <laughs> yes, That's, that is actually essentially what we do. Uh, so much humming and hamming. So uh, here, thanks a million for listening. It's actually been a pleasure this week. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. Less strenuous research, a bit more bounce than we've had this this while. Uh, so hi. Well, we saw him play out, and seeing as we're all big Cranberries fans now, well... It's Cranberries, aren't they? Go on ahead, son. You're listening to the 3 out 